Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What a show we have today, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Harland Highway. I am your host with the most, Harland Williams, with some toast. No, I don't have toast. But I'm toasting you for being here on this crazy podcast. Uh, welcome. We have quite a show today. Um, I'm going to be talking about this damn Iran uh, USA nuclear bomb negotiation deal that they're trying to put together. It's, it's driving me a bit nuts, so I'm going to rant about that. Um, I think we're going to be hearing from Dr. Debbie Timer, the life coach. She's going to be uh, on the air here, uh, doling out some of her her expert medical advice to people calling in. So uh, we'll hear from Dr. Debbie Timer. Also, the Harland Highway question of the day, and it involves a massacre. It's very grisly and gruesome. The question of the day involves a wicked, wicked massacre. Yeah. And then uh, we're going to round out the show with a crazy news story. Uh, A government official was attacked by a very peculiar animal. Uh, You're not going to believe it when you hear this one, but uh, you will hear it. So take your earmuffs off. This is the Harland. Highway! Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce... The Harland Highway. I promise you, I will please you all. Believe me. What is he like? What's he like, anyway? Oh, he's an angel. He's an angel straight from heaven. You're going to need a bigger potion. You're listening to Harland Williams. Why don't you give me a name and a face and a reason why? Oh, man, what do you expect? The guy to kick along, man. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Nothing is over. You just don't turn it off. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. Weird. Just plain weird. You know what I mean? I'm still alive. I'll tell you what I won't give you, you muckers. I won't give you the satisfaction of saying that I'm sorry. Welcome to the Harland Highway. Oh, you get your money's worth, believe me. I'm Dr. Debbie Timer, and I'm your life coach. I am my baby's mother's sister's daughter, and it's time to get a life. Your life. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Debbie Timer, and it's great to have you here. As you know, we take your phone calls, and we try to help people sort out things that are going on in their lives. We always take calls about sexual dysfunction or maybe abuse or psychological problems that people are dealing with. Basically, I'm here to help you sort things out, kind of clean out your mental garage. And why don't we start today with a call coming in from Cleveland, Ohio. It looks like we have Tara Painter on the line. Hello, Tara, are you there? Hi, Dr. Debbie. How are you? Okay, just settle down, child. 
Sorry, Dr. Debbie. I get anxiety when I, I get the giggles. That's okay, child. Is this your first time on the radio? Yes, Dr. Debbie. I'm very excited and nervous. Well, just take it easy. Take a deep breath. Okay. <laughs> okay, I just, I meant take one long, deep breath. Okay, Dr. Debbie. <laughs> I said take one. Just, do you know what one is, child? Yes, Dr. Debbie. Is that right in between zero and two? Yes, that's, that's right. Just one nice, long, deep breath, okay? Okay, Dr. Debbie. Here I go. Okay, that's that's long enough, okay? You sound like a fire-breathing dragon. Well, you said take a long, deep, dark, dark breath, Dr. Debbie. Okay, when I say that, I mean a second or two. I don't mean half an hour, okay? It sounds like you're mad at me, Dr. Debbie. Well, I'm not, I'm not mad at you. It's just part of communicating, child, is listening. And when you're on a radio show... Like mine, where I'm here to help you, you need to listen. Okay. Am I listening now, Dr. Debbie? <laughs> well, just, you can't be giggling. I know you're nervous. <laughs> I know you're nervous, child. But I need you to stop giggling and stop... Can I breathe again, Dr. Debbie? <laughs> No! Stop it. Okay, you're going to sit there and you're going to listen. But I need to tell you why I'm calling in, Dr. Debbie Timer. Okay, why don't we get to that, okay? Why are you calling in? Because I got suspended from school for four weeks, Dr. Debbie Timer. Okay, well, that's not uncommon. How old are you, child? I'm 14 years old, and I got suspended, Dr. Debbie Timer, for... Okay, first of all, you don't need to say my last name, okay? Just Dr. Debbie. But I thought your name was Dr. Debbie Timer, Dr. Debbie Timer. Okay, you know what? You're starting to, shall I say it lightly, annoy me a little. Just say my first name. You don't need to say the whole name. Okay, Dr. Debbie... I'm 100% on, on board. Okay, why don't you tell me why you got kicked out of school for a month? Well, all I did, Dr. Debbie, was give some of my classmates um, nicknames. Is that wrong? Well, no, child. Nicknames are usually a sign of affection. It's a term of endearment that most children, even adults, have a tendency to give nicknames to people they know. That's exactly right, Dr. Debbie. And I gave nicknames to some of the people in my class, and I got sent home. <laughs> okay, stop. Stop laughing. Why don't you give me an example, child? 
of one of the nicknames. Well, um, there was a Greek child in my class, a boy named um, Tony Papanakalo. Okay, that's very Greek. Yes, and I gave him a nickname. I gave Tony Papanakalo a nickname, Dr. Debbie. Okay, well, can you share with me what, what the nickname was? I called him Tony Papsmear. I beg your pardon? Papsmear? Tony Papsmear? Okay, why would you call a young boy in your class a pap smear? Well, did you know what a pap smear is, Dr. Debbie? Um, yes, I do know what a pap smear is. Okay, well, the pap smear is a vaginal test where they scrape the vaginal walls for bacteria to test for precancerous enzymes. Okay, I know what a pap smear is. I'm a certified doctor. I went to school for 12 years. I have 12 degrees, okay? You don't need to tell me what a pap smear is, child. Okay, Dr. Debbie, well, the Tony's last name is Papanakalo. Yes. And that's the same name of the doctor that invented the pap smear. So I thought it would be a term of endearment, as you said, to call him pap smear. Okay. Although technically you are accurate, child, pap smear is a very vulgar, um, you know, nickname to give to especially one of your classmates. It's hurtful, it's insulting, and... And it's a vaginal scrape? I'm sorry? Well, you said it was a vaginal scrape. Yes, a pap smear is a very intense scraping of the female genitalia. And you scrape the vaginal walls, and I called him Tony Pap Smear, and now I think it's even funnier. <laughs> okay, you need to stop the motherfucking giggles, okay? Oh, oh, that, what was that? You're, you're getting on my nerves, child. Now, you can't call people in your class pap smear, okay? Well, have you ever had a pap smear, Dr. Debbie? Yes, I had one. Did you? That's none of your goddamn business, okay? Sounds like you're getting worked up, Dr. Debbie. Look, you can't call people mean names. Now, are there other children in your class that you gave nicknames to? Yes, there was, um... Sarah Clinton, like Clinton, like the president. Okay. And did you give her a nickname like Candy or Sweetie Pie? No, I called Sarah Clinton Clitnose. I'm sorry? Clitnose? Because Clinton sounds like Clit, so I called her Sarah Clitnose, and they kicked me out of school, Dr. Debbie Thimer. Okay, you know, you can't call people sexual parts, okay? That's not how you use it. Do you have any children in your class that just have a normal name, that have no sexual connotation, child? Yes, well, there's, I guess, Tommy Smith. Okay, great. Now, for example, Tommy Smith, you could just call him T-Bird or T-S or Smithy. I know, but that sounds so boring, Dr. Debbie. Surely I could get more creative. Stop the fucking laughing. You sound like someone who had their head slammed in the door of a delicatessen and someone dumped pastrami on your face. <laughs> 
Dr. Debbie! Stop the giggling. Dr. Debbie, that makes no, no sense. Why would someone smash my head in a delicatessen door and put pastrami on my face? Well, if you could hear your own voice, child, I'm sure you'd understand. Now, what is the normal nickname you gave Tommy Smith? Was it T-Bird? Was it the Smither? Oh, no, I gave Tommy Smith a real fun, um, nice nickname, Dr. Debbie. Okay, great. What did you give him? Shit, fuck, anus, cunt eyes. Okay, you know what? You are an idiot. That's what I call him whenever I see him in the hallway. Hey, there goes shit, fuck, anus, cunt eyes. Hey, ain't shit, fuck. Okay, you know what? You need to go. You should be expelled from school permanently. Can I give you a nickname, Dr. Debbie? No, you can't give me a nickname. Because you have a lot of D's in your name. I do not allow you to give me a nickname. Okay, if you say so, dildo, donkus, dingle dung, dildo twat. Okay, you know what? I'm hanging up on you because you are mentally ill. And you're a dildo dinkus twat. Okay, hang up, hang up on her. Oh my God, what an idiot. Okay, we don't want calls like that. I'm a professional. My name is Dr. Debbie Timer, and I'm a life coach. I need to go for a break. I need to settle down and collect my senses. Yet, I don't want her calling back. No. That child was borderline mentally ill. Okay, I need to go for a break. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Debbie Timer. Question of the day. Okay, this is a weird one, but when isn't it weird on this podcast? Um, the question of the day is, have you ever walked out of your front door and found something weird and unusual laying in front of your door? Whether somebody put something there, whether something landed there, whether somebody pranked you, whether the wind blew something there, whether the delivery guy put something there. Have you ever found something really odd right at your front door, like right where you walk out, right by the welcome mat? I've had, and I'm not kidding, I live in California, so I've had... I've walked out my front door and seen a scorpion sitting right at my front door. I've had a tarantula right at my front door. I've had like birds that have smashed into the window right at my front door. But one of the weirdest things happened just a couple of days ago. I walked out my front door and there was a collection of guts on the ground right by my welcome mat. And when I say guts, I don't know what they were the guts of. You ever you ever uh, clean out a turkey 
or, or clean a fish and you got like the giblets or you got the, the, the heart and the, the liver and the organs. Yeah, so, so I look, I walk out of my place and I look down on the ground and there's like little chunks of meat and it looked like a, a, some kind of a liver. And uh, there was a little, like, looked like little intestines. And I don't know if it was from a little a rat or a mouse or a bird. I, I don't know what the hell happened outside my front door while I was sleeping. It was bizarre to me. And it's not just one little thing. It's like four or five clumps of meat. And I go, okay, what is this? I looked around. There's no feathers. There was no fur. I couldn't I couldn't do any detective work. I couldn't tell if it was rat fur or rabbit fur or gopher fur. Um I could I saw no feathers. Usually when something attacks a bird, there's always like a clump of feathers around. There's usually some telltale little tufts of fur if there's been an animal attack. But this was bizarre. It was just I, I thought, did somebody come and clean a turkey? Is someone, one of my neighbors getting ready for Thanksgiving or Christmas early and they were cleaning their turkey and just threw their giblets at my front door? And, you know, that the ants were starting to crawl all over these guts. And it's just a kind of a morbid thing to wake up to. Suddenly you're, a, you're on a, at a crime scene. It's like you're walking out the door to go to work, and then suddenly you you, you, you step on a kidney. You slip on uh, on a rabbit liver. Suddenly you're at you're in the middle of CSI Miami or something. You know you you got your mind on your day. You're focusing. You know I gotta go do some work. I gotta go to a meeting. Suddenly you're you're in uh, Rubik's cube mode. Where you're, uh, you turn into a forensic scientist and you're trying to piece together the, the body parts. Well, let's see. I have a, a kidney here. I've got a spleen over here. I've got a small intestine. And it looks like a set of lungs. Now, if I just place these all together. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, hang on. Oh, I'll put this over here. Oh, oh, oh. oh, my God. It's a baby boy. I mean, suddenly you're like Frankenstein. You're, you're, you're trying to figure out, what, how can I put these pieces together and make it come to life? It was very bizarre. So I don't know if you guys have ever had something weird at your front door. Uh, most of my little weird things have been like nature-related, but I'm sure some of you have had weird things like gifts from boyfriends or girlfriends or lovers or husbands or wives or friends playing pranks. If you've ever had anything strange in front of your door when you wake up in the morning, call in and share. I, I want to hear. Now that, I've, now that I've had a dismembered mystery body in front of my door, I want to hear. I know that you guys must have some stuff. So call me, 323-739-4330. And please share your weird front door mystery stories. And that is the Harland Highway question of the day. The Harland Highway question of the day. Rice a rookie, the San Francisco tree. 
on to something a little more serious that's been irritating the hell out of me. Um, these Iran-American nuclear talks. Okay, I think the consensus worldwide is that if Iran were to get nuclear bombs, it would probably lead to World War III or it would lead to a lot of trouble. All right, we're talking about a country that to this day declares they want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Um, They are, you know, they are a, a, a troublesome country to say the least. Now, that being said, the only reason I'm saying that is fr- from what I watch and learn in the media. Now, you, you got to go, how much do you trust the media? What if the media is fabricating all this stuff? I mean, uh, Iran's uh, over on the other side of the world. Who knows? I'm not there. But if you look at Iran's track record with, uh, you know, the hostage-taking crisis under the, uh, the, the presidency of uh, Jimmy Carter, um, you look at the, the ongoing threats that Iran has uh perpetrated in in the in the region over there when you look at the lengthy war they had with Iraq and so on and so on uh you know th- th- there's there's probably a lot of truth to uh you know Iran being a a rebel and rogue country but nonetheless to, to, regardless of how accurate uh the, the media portrays them I think it's it's probably uh, in everyone's best interest that another country, especially a Middle Eastern country, where there just always seems to be so much t- t- you know turmoil. I think I think we would all benefit by another Middle Eastern country not getting acquiring a nuclear bomb, and it befuddles me that we're sitting down and negotiating this. With this country that, you know, on the surface, from what it seems, can be very deceptive and not trustworthy. And as I said, as a track record of not being very friendly towards, uh, you know, the West and other parts of the world that they disagree with. Um, and so I, I don't get it why a country as powerful as we are even uh, spends the time negotiating. And I get it, it's all diplomatic, and it's like you can't just tell other countries how to be or what to do. I respect that. But when it comes to a bad kid in the neighborhood and you give him a gun, it's just you just don't give the kid that chance. Okay, let's say you lived on a street and everyone was really friendly, you know, like Beaver Cleaver. And down at the end of the street was a guy with a really long rap sheet and he was a troublemaker and he was violent and he'd threatened the whole neighborhood and said, I'm going to kill some of you people and I'm going to light your houses on fire and I hate you and, uh, you know, I'm going to kidnap your kids. Do you walk down to the end of the street and go, hey, buddy, how would you like a loaded gun? You know? We, we know you're troubled. We know you. But, you know, you're, you're, you're an American. You deserve a loaded shotgun. And how about, how about a basket of grenades? Can we give you those? 
And we're just going to count on you to never use them against the rest of the street, all the leave it to beaver, Aussie and Harriet people here who don't want, uh, don't want any trouble. So it seems like to allow uh, Iran to uh, acquire a nuclear bomb, you're just setting yourself up for trouble. Whatever your political line is, um, you know, well, hey, man, everyone's allowed. That countries should be able to do what they want. And, you know, it's a free world. Why should the United States police the world, man? You know, Iran's their own entity. Yeah, true. But do you want to ignore their rhetoric? Do you want to ignore the things they've said, the threats they've made? Why, why do you want to even give them the chance? Look, if they don't have a nuclear bomb, they're still going to carry on as Iran. They're still going to move on down the road as Iran, going about their daily business. So I don't think uh, I don't think a uh, a nuclear arsenal changes them waking up every morning and going to the market and living and breathing and eating and shopping and sleeping. So I don't think it's wise to allow the troublemaker to get a loaded gun. So why why are we sitting down negotiating? And here we are, the most powerful entity on the planet who, who even if you're one of these conspiracy people that think the United States is evil and we're just, oh, we're just forcing our will on everyone. Well, at least we're trying to, if we do force our will on people, we're, we're trying to do it for reasons of being good, for, for instilling freedom into the planet it's not like we have a communist agenda or we have a, uh, a radical Islam agenda. You know, if we do push our way in, we try to hand people the keys and the tools to create their own diplomatic and their own uh, diplomatic government, and their own freedom. And think about it, man. Think about the world as a house. And in the house, there's a bunch of kids and you got to have two parents, a mother and a father. And for whatever reason, maybe it's because we have the most money. Maybe it's because we have the most logic. Maybe we have the most weapons. I don't know. But somehow we've been appointed the father figure, maybe the mother and the father figure. And if you don't have someone laying down laws in the house, if you don't have someone trying to create order and rules you know you know the end result man the kids just go run amok and 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 everything falls to crap and so it feels like just by default the USA because we have so much power kind of have to monitor the rest of the world and I don't really like it I don't like it that we have to go into Vietnam and Iraq and Afghanistan and you could say, well, we don't have to, and we don't have to, but there's times when we've done it to try and help, you know, shape the world, try and help civilizations and cultures find their freedom. And it's not pretty, it's not easy, it's it's war, it's ugly, it's it's we have to obviously impose some of our will and our way into onto them. 
But at the end of the day, I feel like it's it's like you're trying to help them at least find the pathway to a more civilized way of living where bombs aren't going off in the marketplace every day and people aren't chopping each other's heads off because of their religion. Is the United States perfect? No, but boy, oh boy, if you want to point the finger at the U.S., go ahead. But, you know, you show me other places in the world that, that are better. I mean, there's some that are equal, but man, in these countries where everything's upside down and violent and so it, it kind of burns me up that we're sitting there negotiating with this problem child, Iran, and not just going, hey, you know what? You're not having a nuclear bomb, period. So you keep kicking the crib and keep, keep banging your head against the wall. It ain't happening. Here's the negotiation, okay? You, you sit down at the table. You say, hey, Iran, how you doing? Arwood, doing pretty good. Good. Here's the negotiation. Do you like mushroom soup? Yes, I like mushroom soup. Do you like mushroom omelets? Yes, I like mushroom omelets. Do you like mushroom clouds? Um, I beg your pardon? Do you like mushroom clouds? I don't think so. Well, that's what you're going to get if you try and build a nuclear bomb, okay? You're going to get some mushroom clouds, and it'll be bye-bye time because the rest of the world doesn't have time for your rhetoric and your bullshit. We love you. We want you to live peacefully with the rest of the planet. But we'll be damned if we're going to put a bomb that could destroy parts of the world in your hands. So it just ain't happening. Uh, That's the end of the negotiation. Thanks for showing up. Um, We'll see you later. And you're never going to have a bomb ever, period. But wait a minute, we want to talk. We, no, done. There. Now, now, do you see why, folks, that I should be the president of the United States? Did you see how quickly that took, what, a minute? Took a minute for me to negotiate with Iran or any other crazy country that wants nuclear bombs. You're like, oh, yeah, there you go, flexing that American muscle. Well, sometimes you got to, okay? Germany got out of hand. What did we do? We kicked their ass. They fell in line, and now they're our friends, and we do business with them, and they've got a civilized culture over there. Sadly, I don't like it that it happened. We had to drop bombs on Japan. They got the mushroom clouds. Guess what? They cleaned up their act real fast. They haven't been a problem since. And we're friends with them, we're allies, and we're trading partners. And they got the message. And I know it's tough to sit here and go, we don't have any right. But you know what? Who's going to do it if we don't, huh? You think you're just going to, like, sit and talk to people? You you think people with an evil agenda really want to sit down and just, let's talk this out? Let's t- sometimes you just have to flex the muscle and say, hey, you know what? You step out of line, you're going to get it. Okay? End of story. It's like disciplining a kid. You know what, Billy? I told you not to play in the garden. Now you're getting a spanking. 
Guess what? Billy doesn't play in the garden anymore when he's not supposed to. There's a time to be soft and sensitive and negotiate, and there's a time to just go, "Uh uh-uh. You guys are causing too much bullshit, so here's the law. It's just not happening. You're done. You know, it's probably a bullheaded approach, but who cares? That's It's worked in the past. And sometimes, sadly, the, the people under the oppression of these crazy leaders have to pay the price in order for their their society, their civilization to move forward. Look, look at how many innocent people probably got their asses bombed in World War II. Probably millions. I mean, the United States and the Allied forces carpet bombed, you know, carpet bombed all of Germany. Friggin' Japan, you know, Hundreds and hundreds of thousands were obliterated in, in the f- in the blink of an eye when the mushroom bombs went off. And it's horrible, but because war was perpetrated by their leaders, they had to pay the ultimate price. There's always collateral damage in war. Hey, let's not forget how many of, of our guys got slaughtered in the war. Okay? It, it doesn't work just one way. But sometimes you just got to put that foot down, man. And you can fight about it. You can go back and forth all you want, all the time. Try to justify it. But at the end of the day, you got to remember, there's a house that needs to be run. Bills need to be paid. Things got to get cleaned. Things got to get repaired. And if you're busy just letting everyone run amok, the house falls apart. And there ain't no more house anymore. And unfortunately, that's what we have to deal with. That's what the United States and the UK and the, you know, Australia and Canada, all the all the more civilized countries in the world have to police the ones that are uh, full of turmoil. So I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I, I don't know what else to do. All this uh, sitting around and, you know, soft talking. Why? Why even entertain it? Why Why give them a glimmer of hope? Why encourage them? It's just, no, you're not, you're not making a bomb, period. You try to make a bomb, things are going to blow up. It doesn't end well for you, period. Doesn't that seem like a lot quicker and easier and less expensive and more direct as opposed to these uh, ambiguous, long-winded, multi-detailed, so-called deals that the two governments make that are full of clauses and things run out at a certain time and you can do this, but you can't do that. And, you know, there's so many moving pieces to the documents. How do you monitor all of them? How do you, how do you keep your eye on them? They just get lost and muddy, and that's probably part of Iran's agenda to create so much bureaucracy and red tape that that you really don't know what's going on, and you you don't have the time, the money, or the energy to follow up 
on a on a complicated agreement. But you know what's not complicated? This. Hey, you know what, Iran? You're not getting a bomb. If you try, things are going to blow up real quick. Boom. Clean, easy, out. Don't know if you agree with it, but I'm offering up my two cents. There you go. The Harland Highway. Crazy news story. That's weird. Wow. That's strange stuff. Okay, here it is. Let's end the show. That that was a little heavy, I know. Talking about the Iran nuke deal, but you know, it's, it's bugging the hell out of me, so I had to get it out there. Let's let's end on a crazy news story. That this one made me laugh the second I read the headline. You ready for the headline? Arkansas judge. Okay, we're talking about a judge mauled. You ready? By family's pet zebra. Huh? How does an how does a judge end up near a zebra? Well, apparently this Arkansas judge remains in a Little Rock hospital after he was attacked by his family's pet zebra authority said. What the what they were all out of uh, cats and kittens and puppies down at the pet shop? Well, I think we need a zebra. We certainly do need a zebra. The man was attacked Sunday night by a zebra owned by his father, said a police spokesman. Uh, In White County, northeast of Little Rock, uh, they identified the man as State District Judge Mike Derrick. The court's clerk office confirmed to the Associated Press that Derrick sustained injuries to an eye and an arm. Authorities wouldn't discuss details of the attack, including any explanation for why a family, and here's the big one, happened to own and maintain a zebra on private property. What? Police said they are pursuing no action because the incident appeared to be an accident involving an animal legally owned by the family. Boy, oh boy. I mean, what the hell? What, since when do zebras go after eyes? I mean, I don't even think a, like a horse. Horses don't even go after eyes. What, what's with zebras? These guys are smart. And to attack a judge? I mean, you know, maybe attack a farmhand or, uh, you know, a kid on a bicycle. But to go after the county judge? What? You're just asking for jail time, zebra. I guess it's fitting because the zebra's already wearing that jail uniform, right? The black and white striped jumpsuit. He's 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 ready to go to jail. But then I'm wondering what what the hell was the judge? What what could get a zebra so upset? And I started thinking, uh-oh, uh-oh, I hope the judge wasn't uh, you know, trying to have a little hanky-panky with the old zebra. Because, you know, there's these people that uh, get into bestiality and, uh, you know, a zebra's a fine, fine-looking animal. I mean, uh, the, you know, it's got those lines and it's it's very beautiful. It's mesmerizing. It hypnotize you with its stripes. Dare I say seduce you with its stripes. Maybe 
The judge was seduced and got lustful. And the zebra was like, yo, you better back off. I'm going to bite you right in the eye, player. Oh, don't you put your arm up inside me. I'll snap that arm right off. I'll bite you in the eye. Yeah. So, you know, maybe just stick to a little wiener dog or a hamster on a wheel. If you got to get a little wild, maybe a ferret. But really, a, a collie or a poodle or a labradoodle. I don't know that you need a wild African member of the wild horse family prancing around in your yard. Okay? And if you're going to, I think we, what we learned from this, if you're going to go out and goof around with a zebra, wear safety goggles. Wear some damn safety goggles and maybe some hockey gloves or something. So there you go. That's your wacky news story of the day. We're going we're gonna to hang it up right there. Because I don't think we can get any wackier than that, can we? Well, I don't think so. Um, but let's do some announcements while we're here, shall we, gang? I think we should. I really think we should. Um, what do we got coming up? Oh, my God, I'm going to be in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia on Wednesday night, April 22nd, doing one show only at the uh, Halifax Comedy Festival. That is going to be a blast at a big, beautiful theater. Oh, you got to come out for that. And then the very next day, I'll be at Comics, Comics Comedy Club at the Foxwood Casino in Connecticut. Comics with an X, C-O-M-I-X. Great club. Going to be kicking it up there. So get your tickets. That's April 23rd to the 25th. And then after that, I scoot on up on May 1st. To Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Yes, I'm going to Ottawa. I'll be at Yuck Yucks in Ottawa. Friday, May 1st. And Saturday, May 2nd. And then the next weekend, uh, May 7th through 10th, I will be at a great comedy club called Helium in Buffalo, New York. Now, I've never done stand-up comedy in Buffalo, New York. This is a very first time for me, so I'm very excited. For those of you that have been dying to see me do stand-up in, in your neck of the woods there in Buffalo, this is your chance. Get your tickets online at harlanwilliams.com. And then to end out the month of May, on May 21st, through the weekend, I will be in San Diego, California at the American Comedy Co., Great club. I love it down there. So there you go. A lot of stand-up stuff coming up. Um, And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So uh, get your sweet biscuits out there. Um, Don't forget you can call and uh, leave messages for me on the hotline, 323-739-4330. Or you can write to me at harlowilliams.com. And I might read your letter or play your phone call on the show. I always love to hear from you guys. Tell your friends to get on the highway. Um, let them join in on the fun. And uh, and that's it. Um, check out the store when you're at harlowilliams.com. 
And also, check out my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel when you go to the website, harlanwilliams.com. It's absolutely free. All you do is click subscribe, and you're in. And every time I uh, I post a new video, you get to see it for free. And, of course, right now we're posting, trying to post every Monday, five new minutes of my crazy indie movie, Fudgy Wudgy Fudge Face. Um. And uh, if you like twisted, demented uh, comedy movies, you'll like this. And you'll get to see that fresh five minutes every week. So so there you go. Thanks for being here, folks. Um, great to have you along. Always a pleasure. Hope you're getting ready for uh, your spring and your summer. And we'll try and keep you chuckling all the way through. So until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. <laughs>